Good morning again. Our passage this morning is from 1 Corinthians 13. We'll be reading the whole chapter. As you're turning um, to 1 Corinthians 13, I just want to say I've had a particular prayer this morning. I was listening to an old hymn of John Newton. And he writes this line, While blessed with a sense of his love, a palace, a toy would appear. All prisons would palaces prove if Jesus would dwell with me there. And so that is my prayer this morning, that the Lord would bring us into his presence and that we may delight and have joy in him. So this is 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hope all things, endures all things. Love never ends. For prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. But we, for we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but... When the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child, reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. For I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. Now faith hope and love abide these three but the greatest of these is love let us pray dear heavenly father your scripture is clear the greatest of these is love i ask that we may grow in our love grow in our love for you grow in our love for our neighbor for brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, I ask that your word goes forth, that it shapes our hearts, our very souls, and that if I speak anything false or untrue, that it fall upon deaf ears. Father, I pray that I may diminish so that you may be seen great. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So we have an interesting phrase this morning. Stuart, I wanted to go through this passage phrase by phrase. Very uh, Spurgeon-esque of him. And the phrase we have this morning, love believes all things. Uh, That's my focus. That's what I've been asked to do. I actually think I volunteered for this. Uh, Many regrets in that, but it's been good. So... I will say this, this, this sermon comes with a bit of a forewarning before we dive too far into it. Uh, if you're a cynical person, uh, or if you don't want to be like, I'm not cynical, I'm a realist. If you want to be a cynic in their Sunday best, you can call yourself a realist. Maybe even if you're just a pragmatist, which nobody would ever accuse me of, um, this sermon may not be your favorite. And I get it. There was a time where I felt myself becoming very, very cynical. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was in seminary, uh, which is not a great time to become cynical. I didn't like it. And so I started working on it because I I come across passages like these, like this beautiful chapter in Corinthians. You can read the whole book and like, yeah, church people are awful. And then... Paul writes this. He says something ridiculous, like, love believes all things. It's not ridiculous, but it appears ridiculous. And so I had to work on my cynicism. I had to put it to death. And there's still remnants. I'll confess there are times where I can be a bit cynical. One thing that I still repeat often uh, is, everybody lies. Something I say fairly commonly. I once told the youth that. I was like, guys, I know this. Everybody lies. And one of the youth, she looked at me, she's like, oh, yeah. We lie to you all the time. And I was like, thanks. (laughs) But this attitude of everything's the worst of everything's going to break, everything's going to fail, or that we should assume the worst, it doesn't really stand up to a verse like this. It holds no strength when we read passages like the one we have today when Paul says, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That doesn't leave room for the cynic. There's no comfort there. So if you're kind of, if you're a person who's kind of like me that can simply focus on the brokenness of the world, a verse like this, it hits hard. And I work on it, and I continue to work on it, and so an extended invitation to you this morning. Uh, as I work in my own heart, I invite you to work on yours. And we, we can work on this together. Trusting and believing that the Holy Spirit is at work. And so, this is our main point this morning. Uh, this is my proposition. This is the thing that I hope the Spirit shows us and enlightens us with. 
Love believes all things. So if we're going to work on this, we're going to say, hey, yeah, love believes all things. Let us start with our belief and our love toward the Lord. Because if we start with one another, we can immediately think of the times in which uh, we fail. We may think of our own sin nature. We may think of the times we've been sinned against. That's, that'll wear us down. But if we look to the triune God and we see the promises He makes, and how He is faithful in those promises, if we put our belief and our faith in Him, there, there we have the strength to believe all things when we love the Lord and when we love one another. God's promises, and I'll start with the biggest one. This is from John 3.16. Uh, this is a singular verse. It is the most quoted verse in Scripture. Matter of fact, why don't we read it together? Because this is the heart of our faith. Let us confess our faith together once again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That's the promise. That is the promise that God makes to his people. That is the offer he has for all who put their faith in Jesus. That we may have eternal life. By putting our belief in the work and the love of Christ and putting our belief in the gospel, putting our faith in Christ, He will bestow, us upon, bestow upon us glory. He will give us eternal life. He will invite, invite us into His kingdom. He will bring us there. Prepare a table for us. And it's not like we bring anything to the table. Isaiah 64, 6 makes this abundantly clear. The prophet writing, We all become like one who is unclean, and all our unrighteous deeds like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. Right? This is Isaiah describing our nature. So when we are looking to believe all things, when we are looking to love, let us believe in the one who will never fade, that the wind has no effect upon. Let us believe in the one who is righteous, actually righteous, truly righteous, truly and fully good and loving. And so when we are to love, and we begin with loving the Lord with all our heart, soul, and mind, let us love by believing in the promises and the goodness and the grace of our Savior. For God follows through His promises and in His love 
for His people. I was trying to think of an illustration, and, uh, and the one that I could best come up with was Abraham and Isaac. Abraham uh, is promised by God to be a father of nations. And uh, God brings him out and says, look toward the heaven and number the stars. If you're able to number them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Now this is a tremendous problem to Abraham. This is tremendous promise, not a problem. Because Abraham's old, his wife's old, and he has no children. For us, this would be nearly inconceivable, yet the very next verse, Abraham believes. He believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. This is the first step in our love of God. It is believing all things he says about himself. Believing in his goodness. Abraham believes. And later he puts that belief in tremendous practice. When the Lord calls him to sacrifice his son, he takes him to the top of the mountain and the Lord intercedes on his behalf. And now, Abraham... He's one of our spiritual fathers. We are sons and daughters of Abraham. We, in this way, we should be like Abraham. When we say we love God, we are putting our faith in Him, we're putting our trust in Him that Christ will fulfill His promises. We have faith that He is good, that He will work all things out for our salvation, for our eternal good, for our eternal glory. This is where we start. And yes, I know life can be difficult. It is not without its trials. It's not without its sorrows. But when we say we love God, what we're saying is we believe in all things about Him. We believe that He is good. We believe that He is love. We believe that He cares for us. And so we walk in faith. We do the things that the Lord has called us to as faithfully as we can. Because in doing so, we are loving God. We know and we understand that He is at work. It, this, this love, it compels us to embrace the good news of Jesus and everything that Christ brings. It, and compels us 
to stand confidently on Scripture, on the Lord. Don't make us do what seemingly ridiculous things, but it is so loving and good. And that love will filter through every aspect of your life. It affects the way you interact with people. It affects the way you love others. And we'll get to that here in a little bit. But I think a wonderful demonstration of this is uh, Acts 8. This is one of my favorite stories in Acts. Uh, The apostles, they're going out. They are taking the gospel forward. Because they know Jesus. They love Jesus. And therefore they believe Jesus is worth everything. In Acts 8, Philip is called to go south. Not told why, he just goes south. And Philip's like, okay. And he goes south. And then he's told to go to a chariot. And so Philip runs to the chariot. Just runs straight to a stranger's vehicle and listens to that. Oh, you're reading Isaiah. Do you understand Isaiah? And the guy's like, no. And he's like, let me tell you about him. It's just a beautiful way of a man loving God, believing everything about Jesus, just going. He get, hops into the chariot, stranger's car, doesn't know him, uh, and shares the gospel. Gets out, and he's just taken away to a completely different city. No, not given any rhyme or reason, but he goes to a different city, and he just preaches there. And he makes his way back, sharing Jesus with everyone. I long to love others and to love God the way Philip does. Just be like, oh yeah, this is where I'm at now. Great. Let me tell you about Jesus. Ah, that's beautiful. And the Lord does great things through this. The Ethiopian church is one of the oldest in Africa. We, Philip, Philip's not given the why. He's not told, you're going to do this because I want to do that. Lord wants to accomplish this. He's not giving any set goals to achieve. He's just going. He's going with faith in the Lord. He's delighting in the Savior. He's sharing the gospel because he loves Jesus. And he believes in him. How often in our own faith do we wait? How often do we hesitate waiting on our faith till we understand the why? Or we have a reason that suits us. As opposed to just putting our full trust in the Lord and trusting in His love for His people, which means His love for you. As I said, the way Philip shows his love of the Lord is by faithfully doing the things the Lord has called him to. The way we show our love for Christ is by faithfully doing the things that He has called us to do.
So when you're seeking wisdom, when you're seeking your own calling and where to go and how to go forth, make the choices you do out of love for God. Believing in His goodness, believing in His glory and His richness and His promises. Believe in His deep love for you. Because our Lord is good. We are to call to believe all things about Him and He is faithful. And honestly, that may be the easy part. Because conceptually, it's easy to understand that God is good and perfect. He is. He's good and perfect in His love. We, that is easy for some of us to get to. It may be harder for others. I understand that. But when we say love believes all things, and then we think about our neighbor. I think it I think it's a bit more difficult of a challenge. How do we how do we believe all things about our neighbor? I've already read Isaiah this morning. It does not paint a pretty picture. Our best deeds of righteousness. He compares it to soiled rags. Paul in Romans he takes it even further. When illustrating our need for Christ, Paul says this, all have turned aside. Together, they have become worthless. No one does good, not even Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive the venom of ass is under their lips. This is the word of the Lord. We, we believe in the word. We believe in this. And so when we are called to believe all things, and that is to love, if we, love, if we are going to love our neighbor, we're going to believe all things. Frankly, it can seem unreasonable, unwise. So again, as all things do, I want to address this issue by starting with the Lord. See, when Isaiah writes these things, when Paul writes these verses, as believers, we understand... Yes, I am sinful in the way they describe. And I need a Savior. It's not the start of the walk. It's not some intellectual understanding, but a deep understanding of our own sin. Sin. 
We look at our evils that we have committed, the sins that we've done against others, our own wretched thoughts, our own terrible desires, and we see our need of the Lord. We have opened up our hearts to the Lord. He has given us life and hope. Not only does He show us our own sin and darkness, but He shows us the light of Christ. He gives us the great promise of redemption that He brings for His people. Christ brings us to the Father, intercedes on our behalf. And in this love, we have redemption, we have fellowship with the triune God, we have eternal life, we have eternal joy. And this is what Jesus does on behalf of all who put their faith in Him. So I say to you this, when we say we want to love our brother and sister in Christ by believing all things, of course we are. For the same God who is at work in you, in in your heart, helping you put to death the things that would you that would tear you away from the Lord would the same Lord who showed you the light of the gospel and making you more and more like Jesus. We believe He is at work in your brother and sister in Christ doing the exact same thing. That He's showing them the same abundance of mercy and hope each and every day. That He gives them the same overflowing amount of grace that you desperately cling to. Do not lose trust in the continuing work of the Spirit in the lives of your brothers and sisters. So grant with the Spirit, grant your fellow saints the benefit of a doubt. Love them by believing in the grace that they have been given. Believe that they have seen the goodness in the Lord and that they're striving to follow after Him. For when we start with the Lord and we know that the Christ is at work, then we can love by believing that they are striving and we may come alongside and help bear their burdens, help point them to Jesus and walk with them and truly love them. And I understand it gets frustrating and tiresome. No one has put to death all of their sins. There are times we struggle. There are times that we're going to offend, and not with the gospel, but our own pride. But to love our brothers and sisters in Christ, we start with the knowledge and belief that the Spirit is in them, and we trust that they are seeking to honor God who has given them salvation. So do, take a moment and ask yourselves, how how are they trying to honor God? At least grant them that benefit. And then how can you come alongside, love them well, and help others 
Honor the Lord. Help your brothers and sisters. Believe that they wish to honor God. Seek the times in which they are sinned against. Seek that reconciliation. For that too is good and loving. And this is what we are called to do as believers. And I know I have kept uh, the love, at least horizontally speaking, uh, exclusively to believers. For there remains the issue of loving others uh, who don't know Christ. Which makes this love an extraordinary love. An incredible love. Because how are we to believe all things when someone hasn't seen the light of Jesus? They're not striving to honor God. They don't see their own sinfulness. They're proclaiming, boldly proclaiming, I'm not evil. They're basically failing to see their own failings. So how do we love someone in such a radical fashion where we're saying, yes, we're going to believe all things. Let's start at the beginning. Uh, in Genesis chapter 1. This is a great passage. It's well known. Uh, when I was in seminary, we had a Genesis to Joshua class, which we jokingly called Genesis to Genesis. Uh, we spent a full month in Genesis chapter 1. We spent three months going through Genesis 1 through 3. I think we spent 45 minutes in Joshua. Um, but here, God says something incredibly important about the nature of human beings. Fundamental to us. When the Lord made man, he says this. Let us make man in our own image, after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created the male and female. He created them. This is a truth we hold dear. That all people are made in the likeness of God. They're made after the image of God. And yes, there is a marring of that image when it comes to our sin. But it's also true that the image was not completely lost in the fall. So as we believe all things because we want to love our fellow man... Let us anchor our love in this great truth that describes believers and non-believers alike, that we are made after the image of God. And when we love in a manner that treats people as if they are made after the image of God, what we are doing, we are giving them that trust in that faith, we're bestowing upon them a worthiness 
We're bestowing upon them an honor. We're reminding them of a glory that they have long forgotten. But the Lord has revealed faithfully to us time and time again. So as Christians, we do not ask others to earn our trust. But we grant it out of love. Jesus did not wait for us to earn his love. He just gave it to us. All people are created after the image of God. They are all worthy of dignity. They are worthy of that dignity at least. So if we are to love like Christ loved, let us give that love and give them that dignity freely. As freely as God grants his love toward us. As one theologian writes, love ennobles the ignoble by believing the best. I know that's hard. And I know that leaves our hearts in a very vulnerable position. But I also know that the Lord dwells within his people. And he resides in us. We can, we do not, his presence never leaves. And so, yes, while our hearts may be vulnerable by bestowing this honor, by loving in such a radical manner, where we say, no, our trust is not earned. We give it because we love. We know that the Lord is with us. We believe all things about him and that he will hold us up. And therefore, we can love our neighbors We can put our trust in them, and we can do it freely. And in doing so, a person can't abuse such trust or love without acknowledging their own sinfulness. They can't abuse it without not acknowledging the fact that what they are doing is evil. So out of your love of the Lord, believe in Him. Believe in God that He is at work. He is at work in you and He is at work in the way that you love others. That He will shape and mold souls and show them the light through the way that you love others. Believing in them, bestowing upon them tremendous love. So yes, let us love in such a radical manner. That's far greater than any love that this world offers. I use air quotations. The world doesn't offer love. Nothing like this. 
So let us show the world that good and true love. Let us love in a manner that bestows dignity. Let us love in a manner that believes in the Lord and gives honor to all of our neighbors, both our brothers and sisters in Christ and those who desperately need to see the light of the gospel. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, this is your word. I pray that we may believe everything about it and love you in doing so. I pray that we live a loving life that believes in you to our fullest. I I pray that we may love others. That believes in all things. Lord, we need you to do so. For we always need you. Amen.